One Take Edwin. That's what they call me. <laughs> That's what they used to call me. Welcome to Seven Days to Play, the weekly mobile game review show. I am Edwin. And I'm Sam. Uh, hey, I talk, right? <laughs> You're right, you do. Right. Okay. Two Take Edwin. That's what they call me. <laughs> Seven Days to Play. Welcome to Seven Days to Play, the weekly mobile game review show. I am Edwin. And I'm Sam. And for the last seven days, I've challenged Edwin to play Yankai's Peak, mm. which is available on both Android and iOS. Uh, before we get into that, uh, a bit of news. What are we calling this section, Sam? News. <laughs> okay, well, I had a couple of ideas. Okay. Both of which are terrible. But here we go. How about enthusiasm? That is a terrible idea. Okay, how about new new news? Because <laughs> pew 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 is something that young people say. Okay, that's. I mean, that's better. You're able to say it. I might not be able to say it. No. New new news. Yeah. New new news. There you go. <laughs> new new news. <laughs> they nailed it. <laughs> uh, one thing that I want to talk about is mm. this Saturday, July twenty second, was the first Pokemon Go Fest. A Pokemon Go Fest. Fest. Okay. Capital F. Like, if you hadn't had enough Pokemon Go in your life, here's a chance to revel in it more. Exactly. Okay. So, were there your... super rare Pokemon in attendance? There were. There were legendary <laughs> Pokemons available for you to catch uh, in the good city of Chicago. It was an official event from the people at Niantic. Um, so, interesting. I thought this was a great way to reinvigorate. Right. Because I have heard that it's, you know, interest. Obviously, was huge to begin with, and then kind of waned. Um, and now, are people playing Pokemon Go? They're, Apparently so. Yes. So, considering that this is in Chicago, and it was sort of located in one city uh, for the weekend, yeah. how many people would you estimate hmm. went to this event, Edwin? It's <laughs> not prepared for this quiz. I would say, I don't know, 2,000? Mm, good guess. Oh. But wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> so not a good guess. Yeah. No, it's a good attempt at a guess. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, there were 20,000 people in attendance. Damn. And because there were so many people, it actually caused a lot of issues. Oh. Technical difficulties, both from a server side of just people hammering the, the Niantic servers... But also from... It's not a nice a, word to say. Niantic. So they crashed their servers. They, they held an event and they crashed their own servers. They crashed their own servers. Um, it was co-sponsored by Sprint. But, you know, all the mobile carriers were actually down because there are too many people trying to be on the cell networks. Trying to get these legendary Pokemons. And so what was really interesting is that Sprint actually carried out um, Cellular on Wheels. Hang on a second. Let me just process that. Cellular on we okay, which are I guess like mini towers that they can actually bring to certain locations to oh. provide people cell access. <laughs> but the amazing acronym for cellular on wheels, C O W, cows. <laughs> bring in the cows. <laughs> we need the cows here now. <laughs> I would love to have been in that meeting. Overall, the first day experience for the people were pretty bad that they actually issued refunds to everyone that came. All 20,000 people May could I ask apply what for a refund. They did for a whole day. It was a, it was a weekend event? It was a weekend event. What happens for two days? They go around the good city of Chicago 
walking. Oh, hunting for these rare Pokemons. Apparently, there were like special events. Okay, that makes more sense. Certain I guess that, in my mind is like a big convention center. It was like mm. a let's go to a giant hall and right. talk about Pokemons. Yeah, so the city was the city cellular system was uh, down right. And out. Actually, actually, it's like a group hunt. Yeah. Essentially, it's like fox hunting, but for the modern era, and no horseback riding. <laughs> At least not officially, and no hounds. No. I thought pretty interesting because one, I thought Pokemon Go was kind of dead. Mm. Surprising to see 20,000 people were willing to fly to Chicago or like a lot. be at Chicago. Maybe it's just a hotbed of Pokemon hunting activity. Mm. It's so There's nothing else to do in Chicago, right? But I saw a couple of people on my Facebook feed actually make their way to Chicago for this event. That's kind of nuts. Yeah, but okay. I mean, yeah. to catch these legendary Pokemans. So the overall, like people had a pretty positive experience after the first day. After they um, got the cows. After they got the roll, after they rolled out the cows, they got the cows involved. Played the support role. Cool. I didn't. I had no idea what was going on. Interesting marketing exercise. Yeah. Uh, kind of, kind of clever. Right. And I think, you know, this is one of those things like where the company can see it as a totally negative thing because people had so much issues on the first day. But overall, if they pull off the next ones more successfully, mm. um, I think it could be. A new thing. For As they say company. in the customer service world, every complaint is an opportunity. New, uh, new, 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 news! Boom! <laughs> Second item is a new game for iOS has just come out um, that I am particularly interested in. Wow, wouldn't this be hilarious if, this was, if I picked this and we were both talking about the same game? There's no chance that you're going to pick this because this is totally not your jam. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see. Actually, this gets me on a little point about the picks, about the game picks. I think in the first episode, you called them recommendations. And I just want to clarify, I don't think they necessarily have to be recommendations. Like, I don't think, I'm, I'm not choosing games I think you'll like. I see. In fact, I might choose games I think you'll hate, because that is more amusing to me. <laughs> but I just want to say, not necessarily recommendations, more... Um, yeah, you, you you have freedom to pick any games. Like, oh, this looks interesting, or this looks stupid. Like, for example, you could pick the Romancing the Boy Horse game, whose name I've forgotten. What was that called? Oh, the Horse Horse Prince? <laughs> oh, yes. My Delightful Darling Horse Prince. Best game ever. I've actually <laughs> played that game a lot more than I'd like to admit. The reason why I like this game, it actually uh, is a crossover game, which started on... Uh, Game Boys or even 3DSs. Whoa, old school, okay. And what's super interesting is for this game, they're actually publishing it on mobile first. I really, really want to know what this game is. It is called Layton's Mystery Journey. Hmm. It is the next in line of a long series of Professor Layton games. Uh, also happens to be my son's namesake. Uh, yeah, okay, I did not choose this game, so this week so well, okay. All right. it's it's good because like i really don't think you'd like this game <laughs> so who knows you could choose it next week first of all this game is $15.99 which mm. compared to the 3DS version is a bargain yeah i mean i we've spoken briefly about pricing on our previous show is this the show and i'm all for more expensive things people why why would people happily spend 20 or 30 game 30 dollars for like a PSP 
see, this is my limited my knowledge. But <laughs> for yeah, like a for like a three DS game, three DS game, right? But they won't spend two ninety nine for a mobile game, or like on iOS. This is it's some some bull. Right, and so I think they're actually doing a really good thing here um, by releasing it on mobile first, increasing the price a little bit, so that. Set some expectation that this is a full-fledged game that's available for you to play on mobile. Mm. How it, much was Mario Run when it came out? That was ten dollars. Yeah, nine people bucks. flipped right their sh- that, which is so stupid. And well, also, full disclaimer: I'm a software engineer, specifically an iOS software engineer. So it's quite self-serving by position on more expensive apps. But so this game, Professor Layton's well, journey no out of the Professor closet. Professor Layton. Oh. It's Layton's mystery journey because it doesn't actually follow Professor Layton. Professor Layton went missing, and it's his daughter oh. starting up a detective agency. It's like the backstory for Two Dots, really. Is it? Yes. <laughs> they must have gotten the inspiration from somewhere. <laughs> uh, but uh, what's really cool is it's a full-fledged game on your mobile. So tell me more. Why? What makes it full-fledged as opposed to a half-fledged? So. I don't think it follows the normal conventions of what would be on an iOS game, which might, which people might find problematic. It is more like a translation of a 3DS game. Okay. Um, that's, but no on-screen controls, because we know you hate them. Well, even for uh, Professor Layton, and I think this is why it actually translates over really well to iOS, is that uh, most of the controls are very rudimentary and touch-based, right? And so you either have to like draw in a number or like move shapes... Uh, which translates very well to like a, a modern phone device, um, and so I think that's why they probably chose this game to pilot first yeah. on either iOS or Android. I don't know if it's actually available on Android just yet. I say f- full blown game because there are cinematics that you normally find in games that you don't necessarily find in. Who doesn't games. love a cutscene? There's really good production, voice acting, mm, right? Okay, okay, all right, yeah. Interesting. Well, it'll be interesting to see if we pick this in later shows. So on to the main portion of the show. Okay, Yankai's Peak. Yankai's Peak. So this was a game that I suggested to Edwin uh, seven days ago to play. Uh, it is a puzzle game by Kenny Sun, mm-hmm. Loving uh, his work. who loves triangles, because he does. the first game was called Yankai's Triangle, which I reviewed on our previous show. I kind of gave it a... I have no meh, recollection of this. Meh, because while the puzzles were interesting initially, it just felt like it kept repeating the same puzzle over and over again. And so I didn't find it that fun. Was the first game a similar mechanic to the second game? No, actually pretty different. Okay. So oh, the visuals are very similar, but the mechanics were pretty different. And so this game is more focused around pushing around uh, different triangles or pyramids yep. uh, on a grid on a think of a grid that is based on triangles so like triangles on triangles right so if you think about a a hex grid split that up into six triangles per hex is, that, is, is a hex grid is that a well-known gaming term yes okay okay good um i learned something today so hex grid split up into split by six more triangles. This is my least favorite part of the show where we have to try and describe the game. Uh, look in the show notes and there'll be a screenshot of what Yankai's yes. peak looks like. We'll try and put a link to a playthrough for each game we do so folks can like get an idea about it, what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to spend 10 minutes trying to describe this. But yeah, you're basically moving triangles around in a triangular grid 
and you can either move or rotate them. And you right. need to push other triangles into a tr- the, the matching color triangle, a right. goal, basically. You're playing golf with triangles, but instead of <laughs> driving, you're putting. <laughs> it's not a great analogy. Either. Why do you always bring it back to golf? No, I don't know. It's... <laughs> It must be the British in you. Wait, yeah, is golf a British game? Might be a Scottish game. Might be an American game. Hmm. No. But, I mean, you're taking one object to move another, and the other object's got to go into a goal. Could also be soccer. Watch the playthrough. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to describe, but it's really easy to understand. Yes. I think you know it's, there's no tutorial. It kind of drops you straight in, which I kind of appreciated. We're going into the... Three good. Let's start by let's start with it. So why don't you start us off? Yeah, uh, simple mechanic, which is easy to understand, but then actually has some hidden complexities. Like, oh man, it's so hard to describe. But there are ways because often you get they're like multiple target triangles that you're moving, and they often will knock each other around as you try and move them, but you start to learn that like there's certain positioning where you can just like flick out one triangle without moving the others. Yeah, it's a really simple idea, but actually there's a little bit of complexity underlying it, which I certainly enjoyed. And you got you sort of you're dumped straight into the first into the first level and you're like, okay, yeah, I get this. This is easy to understand. But right. I think that's what of, I liked about it too. There's it's, no ramp up time. I'm like, okay, yeah, I get this. Considering that it does seem like a very, very simple, like visual game. There's actually um, the mechanics are pretty challenging, and once you understand them, like you can use them to your advantage um, to solve uh, each puzzle. Yeah. But I have to say, like my first good point is that <laughs> intro. <laughs> Did you get to that? Uh, I'm probably not one for intros, but remind me. So I think it's after like solving maybe like the introduction puzzles mm-hmm. and, you know, it gets you up to speed on like what the mechanics are of like pushing versus rotating versus sliding. Yeah. Right. It, it sort of drops you into like a Netflix original style intro of like the triangles moving around with like dramatic music. Wow. I completely forgot about this whole thing. It's pretty epic. It's like <laughs> it shows you like... Uh, the people that have made the game, which is pretty much just Kenny's son and like his oh, relatives. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yes, now you mention it. Yes, it's come back to me. And it's it's sort of like it's shot. I say shot in air quotes, but like it's shot like a Netflix style or like a HBO style intro to a TV show. <laughs> I thought that was really well done. And I was actually reading into the description of the game, and one of the last bullet points besides of like oh multiple puzzles, you know, like great for one handed play and all that stuff, and it's like. The last point was like sick intro. And I was like, <laughs> yes, that is a sick intro. But clearly not sick enough for me to remember it. So, you know. <laughs> Maybe you didn't have your headphones on. I had my headphones on and I was primed for it. All right, turned all sounds off as That's true. I do while listening to a podcast. Yeah, right. I mean, second point for me graphics are pretty great. Like the design, attention to detail, little particle bursts of 3D triangles. Yeah, it's super nice. Yeah, second point for me, you know, like yeah. I, I built on this, the the puzzles were challenging. It is hard, yeah. But at the same time, I felt as soon as you solved it, it was pretty rewarding. And uh, if I think about like my, my mind, my emotions mm-hmm. throughout an average puzzle on Yankai's Peak, 
it'd be initially it'd be like kind of low, like oh, what does this do? But builds on interest, like oh, I see, this is interesting. Like I need to use the limited area on the map to to try and move around these triangles, and then there's like a sense of frustration, right? And like this seems arbitrary and obscure, and then by the end of it, it's like I get it, I can do this, and then I feel very rewarded at the end, <laughs> which I think is a very good. Uh, pattern to repeat itself on for each puzzle um, and felt that after every after I solved every map essentially I wanted to do more what would be your third point Edwin Wait, third good point sound design is excellent yeah you get a pleasing sound as you move the, tri- the triangles around on a grid it has a kind of a pleasing weight to moving a triangle that's not too uh, arbitrary a description but yeah, I know. They just like a lot of it's like it's a well-made game. You can just tell that like the attention to detail is right there. I did turn off the droney background music, but it is nice that it's there for people who like to listen to music instead of podcasts. Yeah, and on the sound effect, like it does, like on the rewarding aspect as well. Like when you do finish it, it has that nice little, pow, you know, like this right that's boom true. explosion with like the particles. <laughs> yes, everything sort of crumbles, and you're like, oh, that was satisfying. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Totally agreed. My third point would be the UX is really good. I felt like it's really what I noticed is he really focused on uh, not adding unnecessary bullshit that could have easily been added. For a game like this, for example, I think someone could have easily added the count of how many moves you do to solve a puzzle uh, yeah. and have that be some sort of scoring system where, like, the least amount. Stars, stars right. per level, all that stuff, yes. Yep. And I think, like, that builds an unnecessary amount of stress to the game or that could have built an unnecessary amount of stress and I'm glad that he left out these things for us to just like do as much as we want even having like the undo readily available and not some stupid hand gesture that was nice yes the undo I appreciated because I right. do use it quite a lot and uh, and just restart as well yeah like the restart tap. as well yeah um, it's so, almost like he knew the game was quite hard uh, the other thing that I really liked was it was really to the point. Everything was sort of to the point. Like, no explanation was really required. And so, backstory about the triangles going to look for their missing parents. Exactly. That would have been great. I mean, that would have made the intro make a little bit more sense. Uh, but overall, like, you can tell that this guy obsessed about this game for a while and actually mm. played it to an extent um, and found what was necessary and unnecessary and carefully chose the items that were needed to, to make this game succeed. Yeah. But yeah, I have a minor qualms about the the negative uh, the the UX from a negative mm. aspect. But let's go to the negative. Threes. We'll get to the negative theories and carry on. So yeah, like while the while the game looks great, mm-hmm. I think for the next game, if he attempts to make one, he should hire an actual designer because I think in terms of the look and design, it's so close to being a gorgeous. A really gorgeous game, like on par with the quality of Monument Valley. Yes, I was reminded of Monument Valley because they has like the little gradients in yep. the backgrounds. They've got yeah, you know. But yes. it does really seem like he's overexerting himself from like the design aspect. I wish he would hire a designer to do some of the stuff like the menu and the, the typography and like the icons just a little bit. And I think if that was set, it could really upscale the game to new heights. Yeah, like just the fonts are just a little bit too big. You know, it could it could use a little bit of beautification. I mean, like good font choice and all that, but it could use a designer's touch to really make it that have that extra polish. That and like I felt that zoom in and out was an option. Like, a, oh, that was a little frustrating to use. A wasn't really, it? yeah, it was kind of frustrating. Like, yeah, I wanted to pinch. 
Oh, uh, yeah. It, I think... So, my hunch is that that was there because he actually ported the game to desktop as well. Mm, okay. Right? And probably wanted, like, one code base. Gotcha. Where... Yes, I see what you mean. Yeah, tap to zoom out, and then you have to move around yeah. to check out the map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess a little bit, just to continue on the design side, the longer you were on a level, then you'd start to get, like, little glitchy graphics around your target triangles. Hmm. Which was nice. Like it started to do like a little like old VCR like glitching, flashing, strobing. Sam was looking at me like, hmm, did it? I completed all these levels so fast. This never happened to me. I think that happens if you have the wrong colored blocks mm. on the wrong colored grids. Okay, I had the other was a time-based thing. Just got yeah. Now while the effect was, I was like, oh yeah, that's a cool effect. Like that just felt out of place with the rest of the game. Like the rest of the game is, well, the rest of the design is all very sort of like lush. <clears throat> and then there's this sort of weird, like, sort of 8-bit, not, not, it's not 8-bit, but you know, it's like a mm-hmm. old VCR glitchiness, we'd yep. be like, oh, that's a cool effect, but it doesn't, doesn't just clashed a little bit with the rest of the design mm. that I felt was like, oh, mm. okay. Gotcha. I can see how that's totally off-putting, but to me, that only happened when I had the wrong block. Like, mm. I had to rest, like, the orange block on a green, green mm. grid. To, to move other things around. Maybe that's just what I was doing the whole time, just putting the wrong <laughs> wrong triangles in the wrong are you, place. Are you colorblind? <laughs> maybe we're finding out. So yeah, maybe like uneven design choices. Hmm. So my next my next negative point is that while a lot of times the puzzles did have sort of like a set way to solve them, right? Some puzzles, on the other hand, just had, it seemed like it was a really arbitrary way to solve them. And I felt like I solved them through luck. And just like trying different, sh- like moving different stuff around, right? But also might have been because like I wasn't completely too familiar with, you know, pushing while rotating versus like pushing directly, and like pushing from a grid away, like those kind of nuances. Because I find I'd forget that I can just move my triangle. Mm. Moving around was annoying. I think like. For example, like the first level map, you kind of build this like bridge as as you complete levels, like more more of the map appears, and then you need to like make your way to the end of this little bridge, bridgey thing, and complete the level there. And just like moving your triangle, I got these like fifteen triangles. It was just so laborious because you gotta like swipe. You can like sort of drag a little bit, but but moving around was frustrating. Mm. I found, and like some of the larger levels, we gotta move around a lot. I'm like, oh boy. Swipe, 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 swipe. So I did change the game mode to tap mode mm. rather than the swipe mode. Ah, okay. I did not delve deep enough into the settings to look at that. That's so I, I did find the swiping annoying because like I didn't want to swipe like above my thumb line because I'm I'm on a iPhone Plus. Oh, so it's under tap only controls. Yeah, which is for a game weenie like me didn't. I was like, oh, I don't know what that means. Oh, you just tap and it moves. That's slightly better. It's slightly better. So my my last point on negative is that neither controls felt really comfortable to me, like 100% comfortable to me. I, I think they were really good enough, like really, really good enough, but um, it just never felt like I had 100% full control. And so I do things accidentally a lot of times, and thankfully like that undo button is there, readily available. But because like sometimes rotating is detrimental to solving the puzzle as opposed to just like sliding to the next grid over not having 100% assurance of the controls that you'll be doing 
was just a, a little minor thing for me. But overall, it didn't really take away that much uh, enjoyment from the game. Like the point for me, it's pretty shallow. I, not a game you would play for long stretches of time, I found. I mean, I would come back to it, and then I'd be, oh, okay. I was like, oh, this this damn level again. Because I mean, the thing is, like, it is a pretty hard game. It is and a hard game, yeah. I found my attention waning quite quickly. Like, I would play it for maybe a minute or two, and then, oh, no, forget it. I got to part two. There's probably a whole bunch more parts. I'm not that excited to play it much more, <laughs> really. Because <laughs> what I liked about part... Because part one, you can kind of, like... The map in part one, you can, like, choose which ones you play. So you can, like, oh, this one I got stuck on, I can go play some more, play some other levels, and then come back to this. But uh, the beginning of part two, at least, you have no choice. You need to complete... a couple of levels like in sequence and there's one that you're just like stuck on i'm like oh i don't want to play this level again because <laughs> i'm still stuck on it but what i mean nice is that the gameplay does change a little bit because now in part two you can move triangles onto empty space outside the map right there are which, floating triangles that you can yeah place i'm like oh that's kind of cool yeah like the shallow the shallowness of the gameplay difficulty levels just make meant that it, i wasn't Particularly compelled by it. Understandable. I actually found it not shallow. Mm, okay. <laughs> I I found it pretty deep, considering it's like a puzzle game, sure. um, and I think each part uh, introduced a couple of new elements that built upon sort of the world that it established. You know, like sure, they're trying their pyramids that you're pushing around. How far did you get? Uh, I'm on part three, so I finished part you. two. Okay. Uh, and there's. Still a new element. I'm sure there's going to be a new element in like part four and five. I think it goes to part six. Yeah. But I, I do agree with you. Like some of it's really hard. Sometimes I just like play half a level and go away from it. Yes. It'd be pretty Definitely. daunting and you have no idea on like how to solve it. But I'd always come back to it. And within like a one or two minutes, like actually trying the map again, uh, I'd find out how to solve it and then solve it and then get that reward aspect of like, you know, and like, oh, this is amazing. And I'm going to go to the next one. Yes. And then the same pattern would repeat. But yeah, like the floating thing uh, was super interesting because like I don't think I've actually played any other game that does like that type of grid-based action where it builds upon new mechanics in a good way. And you discover new things about it like that, that, that floating pyramid. Once it floats outside of the grid, like you can actually go on top of it, which is interesting. Like... So you're essentially building your own platform as you push these things out of the grid. All of this stuff is going to seem meaning meaningless unless you actually see the game. But, but the names of the levels would sometimes give you a clue without to solve them. Exactly. Which is quite nice as well. I appreciated yeah. that. But didn't help help me because I'm a doofus. But, One you know. minor thing is that that name is not repeated unless you pause the game and the name goes away really quickly. Mm, okay. If you're looking for clues to how to solve it. Right. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. I did find a little bug. Uh, when I turned on, because I was like just looking in the settings, I didn't think to turn tap, tap controls only, question mark. But I did turn on film grain. I like, okay, I'll try that on. Uh, and then next time I open the map, it's a completely black screen. Mm. Which I'm like, wait, did I just turn on a stupid setting or is this a bug? <laughs> because the buttons were there, like you would tap around and you'd see like, oh, a red highlight of settings or continue. So that was stupid. Mm. So I don't know if you had that experience or not. Have you turned on the epilepsy friendly? No. Question. No, mark? I'm uh, epilepsy unfriendly. I'm kind of scared to tap on that mode. Not sure what it does. <laughs> so yeah, there was a little bug I found there, but so was, I couldn't start the game for a couple of attempts until I realized. Oh wait, it is running 
the buttons are there. It's just all black. <laughs> this is the hardest puzzle. Yeah, right. <laughs> Find the continue game button on this black screen. <laughs> okay, so overall. Overall, final ratings. So I have a question about this. Okay, many people do. Yeah. I was under the impression that we're going to rate this um, pretty much true to form mm -hmm. on how many days out of the seven yes. we've actually played this game. Okay, yes. But there's a flaw, I realize now, in that system, in that, as professionals, I take this job quite seriously, and I will try to play the game every day. So like, I will always give a 7 out of 7, because, you know, that's my job. But that wasn't my take, mm. right? So I tried to play our previous game for 7 days. Which was, names fails me, uh, Planet of Mine. A Planet of Mine. Yes. But I just couldn't. <laughs> I just look at the screen and then like turn it back <laughs> off again. But that's really interesting. Also, I don't necessarily know if it really indicates how I truly feel about the game, right? As a rating scale. Okay. So, I guess this is also like just a caveat, right? Like, all don't, ratings are bullshit. Don't, yeah, exactly. All ratings are bullshit. You should really listen to our pros and cons, because I think that really colors our opinion of the game, and take the rating as more like a really good indicator of how long lasting this game might be to you. Indeed. In fact, a uh, friend of the show, Falcon, suggested that maybe we should do a how many days after this show will we continue to play the game? As another rating? Or just something that we say? Or instead, like how important are the ratings really? Maybe we just can the ratings? No. I but... know you do love a rating. <laughs> I so I am going to give it a four out of seven. I played it a bit, not as far as you. I wasn't totally captivated by it, but it was enjoyable. I don't want to bitch about the price, but for $3, eh, I don't know. I think I've played more captivating games for less money, but that should not even be a consideration. I would, I, So I wouldn't be a blanket recommendation for everyone, but for people who like puzzle games, I would say definitely check it out. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was a seven days out of seven. Whoa. Even if I had like just minor little like graphical issues with the stuff, because I just see so, I just see like a lot of potential in like this being a really beautiful game. Yeah. It's still, it's already yeah. beautiful, but it could be beautifuler. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can see how initially this would have been easily been something like a five out of seven or like a four days out of seven days game, because I did feel like mm -hmm. some of the, some of the puzzles like were really hard, but once I got over that hump and actually got really good into the part two section of it, like it, I knew exactly how the mechanics worked and, you know, the differences between sliding and rotating and pushing and the tip pushing and all that stuff. <laughs> I, yeah. Just the tip. Actually, not appropriate. Um, I, I really like the mechanics and I feel like it's that great combination of casual, no thinking, but also very cerebral in some aspects. Uh, and it's like every puzzle ends in like a very rewarding way. And Just like I that need, sound effect. I need that affirmation in my life. So how many days, are you, well, are you going to continue to play it after today? Yes, I will. I'll, I'm going to try to finish all of it, which is a very long game, okay. um, but kind of looking forward to it. Yeah. For me, eh, I'm done. Okay. I'm ready to move on. To our next game. Do, do, do. Yeah. So this week is my challenge. Ah, <laughs> uh, so... I really wanted to choose Snake versus Block hmm. for us because uh, on our previous show, you may have heard me talking about balls with a Z, <laughs> no. 
which I got really into, uh, but Sam hated. In fact, it was top of the iTunes store for a little while, I think after I recommended it. So, you know, I was just a little bit ahead of the curve there. But uh, I am not going to recommend that this week because that's out of out of care for my co-hosts. Uh, well, I shan't make you play Snake vs. Block. Snake vs. Block was a free game, but actually I'm going to make you spend some money because, Sam, you have seven days to play Eden, colon, Renaissance. Hmm. Mm-hmm, indeed. So this looks like a... I'm not going to say a clone, but kind of... They definitely took their cue from Lara Croft Go, which is another game I really enjoyed. Oh, I was just looking at this game. And so I'm like, huh, I'm down for this. And actually, Lara Croft Go released an expansion pack a Again? couple months ago. Oh, right. No, a couple months ago. Uh, and that did not stick for me at all. So I'm hoping maybe this will be a little st- st- stickier. <laughs> For lack of a better word. I like the look of it. It is four ninety nine. The game looks a bit futury, which is kind of cool. It is. It look, looks like that isometric thing. So, looking forward to it. Okay, great. great. Challenge yes. accepted, Edwin. Boom. So, tweet us your game suggestions at Seven Days to Play, or you can email us. Well, actually, you can't because we have, <laughs> and you <laughs> because we have no email address. So, suck on that, and we'll see you next week. Seven Days to Play.